0: This is AgriPulse Open Mic. I'm your host, Jeff Nelly. Our guest this week is USDA Undersecretary for Farm Production and Conservation, Bill Northey. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by NCIS, the National Crop Insurance Services. Crop insurance, the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. AgriPulse continues with USDA's Bill Northey next This is AgriPulse Open Mic. As his term at USDA ends with the Trump administration, Iowa's Bill Northey reflects on his tenure as Undersecretary for Farm Production and Conservation. Northey says having FSA, NRCS, and RMA under one umbrella proved effective in administering a new farm bill as well as ad hoc assistance programs.
1: It was really good to be able to stand up a farm bill. We're work, working on rules each of the agencies separately, but together. To be able to talk about what's it mean for timing around crop insurance and the non-insured uh, d- um, uh, insurance program. at called NAP at Farm Service Agency, and how can we coordinate dates? And how can we make sure CRP works together with FSA and NRCS? And And make sure the beginning farmer rules are as close as they can be. Even though they're written separately in a farm bill for the different agencies, let's coordinate them so that when a farmer walks in, they can have consistent rules. Really good. Really great to be able to get the leadership of those organizations together really multiple times a week. Be able to work on the administrative functions together And I think it just really proved out to be um, a a great strategy. And uh, I think certainly it makes sense for an FPAC to be around for a long time, farm production and conservation.
0: With regard to the 2018 Farm Bill, how far along are we now uh, in implementing that program? And, And as we look at the transition from one administration to another, how much is left to do?
1: How uh, Very little is left. Almost all of it's through, but there are a few pieces here. It, just, it takes a little while uh, because there's a lot of regulations that need to come out, so there's a lot of folks that have to manage the, the timing of that. We still have an RCPP final rule that needs to come out, although we're operating under the interim final, and, and the final will be very, very, very close to what we have right now. Um, so there's there's a few little pieces, but for the ma- vast majority of the pieces, we're operating under the rules in the 2018 Farm Bill. Um, and uh, in most cases, those are final, and we've had opportunities for folks to comment on them, and they've gone final.
0: Well, it's not like you only had one job description, because on top of your job, like lots of other people in the country, you had add-ons. You had the market assistance program funds that had to go around, and then you had two CFAP programs that had to be uh, developed and administered, and you had to do that under COVID circumstances when you couldn't sit down face-to-face with folks.
1: Yeah, our folks have been really amazing at uh, standing those programs up, putting the software together, training our staff, getting the word out to producers, um, and to be able to get that all done and deliver um, tens of billions of dollars to producers that they really, really, really needed. And I heard from many producers how important it was uh, to be able to get that lifeline, whether it was during uh, the the trade um, impact uh, that lowered prices out there for many of our commodities, uh, and certainly this year, um, we had to figure out in the midst of, of the coronavirus impact, what that impact was and how to deliver those programs. Actually, CFAP2 probably is the broadest program we've ever had at USDA, or certainly within Farm Service Agency. Nearly every agriculture producer out there, from farmers market folks and folks with small specialty livestock to all the commodities and and larger livestock operations, nearly everybody qualified to be able to see, receive some support for the impact that COVID had on their operations.
0: How do Farm Bill dollars compare to the extra, the CFAP 1 and 2?
1: Well, total dollars, um, we had about 20 uh, twenty to $25 billion in, in MFP and about the same amount in Coronavirus Food Assistance Program. And over the life of the Farm Bill, we'll have in excess of that, I believe, through crop insurance conservation programs and then the, the support that folks receive through ARC and, and PLC. But certainly in a two-year time period, um, there were more dollars going out the door uh, for those ad hoc programs than, they, than there were for the traditional Farm Bill program.
0: Are those dollars sustainable, and how do we get back to the uh, original intent of farm programs and risk management?
1: Yeah, I don't think they're designed to go on, so they don't need to be sustainable. What we want is better prices, and thank goodness in many of our commodities we see a lot better prices again. So uh, they were designed to bridge to a time that was better when the traditional farm bill programs uh, can take over and, and respond to either unique, um, impacts to individual crops or, or shorter term kind of impacts. In this case, these dips were so huge, it, it made sense to be able to help our producers get through those. So the design is to be able to get to better times and for certainly many of our larger crops, uh, we have, we're experiencing prices we've not seen in, uh, since well, before these uh, these disasters, actually early in the in the uh, the teens is the last time we saw some of the prices that we're seeing in some of the commodities. So again, um, no one would say that when we have four dollar corn or eleven dollar soybeans that uh, the government ought to step in uh, with additional payments on top of farm programs. But boy, when we had sub three dollar corn and and uh, we had soybean selling in the sevens, it made a lot of sense to be able to find a way to bridge folks to those better times. So I don't think we need to uh, have any reason to sustain those. or be looking to do that. There will be some conversations, though, I think, Jeff, in the next farm bill discussion, when the farm bill's up in 23, that in the next two years here, I think there'll be discussions. Does a farm bill need to be more robust so it's more predictable to respond to whatever future black swans are and super impacts and it would seem like the answer for all of us would be yes if we could figure out exactly what that should look like
0: well it'd be hard to fund something that you can't tell uh the the depth of the challenge I mean, who would have predicted four different types of natural disasters? Hurricanes, wildfires, the derecho event, the severe drought that took place, and multiple hurricanes for that matter. Uh, and then on top of that, a pandemic that literally locked up the nation and a portion of the world. I don't know how a policymaker could set down or a group of policymakers could write a policy to foresee uh, shielding uh, an industry from that sort of a damage and then paying for it.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. It, we certainly couldn't really, most of us couldn't really have envisioned that the stuff that we saw or that we experienced actually would come. Uh, and so if you can't envision it, it's really hard to figure out what the plan is. There are some ways to access CCC to be able to, in unique circumstances, be able to, to, uh, to come up with more money, but it sure would be nice to have some standing authority With an informed bill to be able to do that. But I think that's a charge that Congress is going to take on. And certainly you hear a lot in Congress talking about how can we make sure by having some authorities in the farm bill to respond to times like that without knowing what the
0: next one is.
1: I think it is a real challenge. It shouldn't be underestimated, but folks should figure out if there's a way to take that on as well.
0: I'm not asking you to lobby. I'm asking you from an educational standpoint because you've been in the hot seat with this. Uh, it seems like we've tested the envelope with the CCC, uh, and there have been some that have called that suggested we needed a greater authority for CCC, more funds available. What are your thoughts on that?
1: So I think it does make sense that $30 billion cap. It's it's kind of like a checking account with a with a borrowing authority on it. That $30 billion cap was set back uh, many decades ago. Um, the money that uh, we need now to be able to respond to agriculture, the size that it is, uh, can get to the place uh, where you're stretching up against that cap. So I think it makes sense to do that. Um, at the same token. Congress gave us some authorities by doing some anomalies, meaning they could refill the banking account a little earlier um, and be able to make sure that we had enough money to to get through. But I think it would make sense to raise that cap. Uh, certainly, USDA advocated for that. There's some in Congress that would do that. Um, and probably, certainly, the Hill wants to have some authorities in, in what it can be spent for, but... But it does make sense to have a little bit more headroom there uh, to be able to respond to situations we don't yet know might be coming in
0: the future. How delicately balanced is the crop insurance program and through the risk management agency? And is there a fear of tinkering with it that could dismantle it or at least reduce its effectiveness for the industry?
1: You know, it's an amazing program. It probably doesn't get a lot of attention just because it works so darn well. We've got great folks that are there. It covers hundreds of crops across the country, $120 billion uh, worth of coverage that producers buy each year. They pay about $4 billion uh, in premiums, and, and the government subsidizes and pays another 5 and a half or so billion on top of that for the premium. And then, on average, um, out of that nine to ten billion dollars a year premium paid, we pay on average about nine to ten billion dollars worth of indemnity out every year. Some years that could be twenty billion. Some years it's five billion. But on average, it really is appropriately balanced. But it does need to maintain. That balance, where it is responding to the risk that producers have. If I'm, if I'm farming a a riskier farm, a farm that the yield varies more from year to year than than the one you're farming, then my insurance rate should be higher. And we have ways to be able to make that happen. The actual production history is part of uh, what allows us to be able to to guarantee and then choose our coverage levels, so we pay higher premium for higher coverage. Um, it still needs to focus on that. I know it needs to certainly not discourage folks from doing good conservation practices, but we deliver incentives for those generally through our conservation programs rather than through insurance. And so there'll always be thoughts that uh, let's let's provide in incentives there or reductions in costs and then and then kind of lose the analysis of risk where I think that would undermine it in the long term because it's such an important risk management tool for so many, so many people out there and so many crops, crops that, uh, that many folks don't even think we necessarily produce in this country have in many cases the opportunity to be, be able to buy, um, federal crop insurance.
0: Do you have the staff you need? Do you have the tools in terms of technology, whether for the employees or for the offices that you need? And then what about this broadband issue of adequate service and areas that aren't served as well as others as we are moving more to this area of electronic service? How big of a challenge is that for you?
1: It's all a challenge. Uh, Certainly... Staffing-wise, our folks are working really hard, and and we could use more folks, uh, especially delivering uh, the extra programs and with the extra challenges of of coronavirus. Uh, That's our other agencies uh, as well. NRCS and and RMA also are, are challenged in this environment, let alone FSA, with the additional programs out there. So we could certainly use some more folks. I think every farmer out there could tell you they you use some more folks on their farm as well, but you uh, you work with the folks that you have. We have added um, some extra technology from farmers.gov and delivering some of the programs online. Um, historically, we've had a very kind of complicated access to producers to be able to sign and complete applications online. Um, and and we've streamlined that, made it a lot easier. And it looks actually a lot more like traditional kind of commercial operations in the way that people are able to sign on and and uh, and be able to uh, produce signatures or or applications or other things. We got a lot of that that needs to go online yet, but but we're making it a lot easier for folks. But as you say, Jeff, I mean, in the countryside, we have folks that don't have good access. In many of our cases, we're able to find pretty good access for our offices out there, but many of our customers uh, are really short of the broadband access they need. But I'm surprised that we signed up over 700,000 people for CFAP 2, over 600,000 people for CFAP 1, um, not all of those, obviously, online. A lot of those dropping uh, stuff in the mail and making phone calls in other ways. Big priority of the secretary has been to get broadband and more access online. You've heard that from the new administration as well, and I certainly think uh, Secretary Bilsack, if he comes in uh, and runs USCA, that's going to be a priority of his and priority of uh, both the previous president or the current president and the next president. Uh, as well um, not an easy lift but absolutely essential not only for our programs but for everything everything else that a farmer wants to do on their farm as well
0: i'm looking for your insight on this particular question and i'm calling on your experience as a farmer and also now after having served not only your state but but certainly uh, at the national level it is clear that climate will play a role in the days to come in washington whether administratively through regulation or whether by congress and policy that they consider climate smart agriculture is certainly one of the things that we're talking more about today do you see a complete about face in terms of farm programs perhaps in the next farm bill or are we just realigning some things that we're already doing with relationship to minimum till and no till and cover crops, and some of the practices that are being employed uh, through the, the 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 conservation service, how do you see this shift and this move? And uh, what's logical and what's concerning?
1: So I think we will see a lot of things that are familiar to us. So so as you say, cover crops and. And no-till and and uh, other conservation tills, other reduced tillage, um, and even even some of the programs that uh, take the most sensitive land out of production with the CRP or or temporary um, uh, reduction. But certainly within that working lands, uh, we'll see things that are familiar. Um, I do think we'll see some increased emphasis in that. Maybe some additional tools in how to be able to help producers. I, I think some of the emphasis will come from outside of government. Um, we continue to see some folks in the private industry that are interested in providing incentives for sequestering carbon in soils, and therefore they can uh, um, provide some some assurance to the customers of, of the food companies that, that they're doing things in in how they describe sustainability, so I think it the, the future emphasis will be a mix of government and private. There will be some things that do look different uh, than what we have, but many of the tools um, that we know now um, will be some of those tools that we'll use to get things done, even. You know, certainly things like biodigesters and others out there. There can be changes in livestock rations, other things um, that we've heard of. We've seen some effort in. I think there'll be an effort to step all those up in a way to be able to scale that sequestration in a way that uh, society is looking for, and certainly private companies are looking for.
0: There's a there's a part of me that believes that government is going to have to hustle up to catch up to what private industry is offering.
1: That's uh, probably true. Once again, and that you know often, often that is true. And I think we do see more change and more change in technology. Precision ag, uh, frankly, there's some things around um, acreage reporting, the way that we do it right now, that. That needs to catch up to, to modern times in, in technology, um, and I'm sure that's going to be true around the conservation front as well. There's a lot of um, a lot of increased uh, evaluation of opportunities, and you know the cover crop world. It's just absolutely amazing. I'm, I'm one of those guys that just you know it took me a while to figure out rye and cover crop, and we got folks with different mixes and putting it on early season and planting green in lots of different ways, some of which will work some years and some of which won't. And, and we've got to figure out how to incent, what's the best way, how do you provide some flexibility so that if your operation and mine are across the fence from each other, but we have different equipment or, or different landlords that we can operate differently, but still all figure out a way to operate better, uh, than what we did in the past and continue to incent those folks to be able to make the kind of improvements that work in their operations.
0: Bill Norley, we want to thank you for your service to the country as a farmer, your service to Iowa farmers, and then to the nation uh, through this particular title and time at the Department of Agriculture. But most of all, thanks for being us uh, with us on this edition of Open Mic. Bill, it's Open Mic, and you've got the last word today.
1: Well, thank you, Jeff. I appreciate uh, all that you do to get the word out, and certainly it's been a, a privilege and honor to be able to be an undersecretary at USGA, working for farmers across the country. Um, I, I Probably the best part of it has been being able to be in touch with producers, either through their organizations or directly, and I guess probably one set of advice for all that that are in these chairs in the future that I heard from others, too, is listen. You know, just like a farmer goes out and scouts a field to figure out what they need to do uh, tomorrow to manage their weeds or or other things that are competing for those crops, we in government need to listen to producers and understand the differences and how are our programs working. Um, And I really thank all the folks that helped us deliver better programs because they told us what was working when it was and what wasn't working and needed to be fixed so uh certainly been a pleasure being here um and i've very very much enjoyed the opportunity to be able to serve some folks out in the country
0: our thanks to usda undersecretary bill northy our guest this week on open mic agripulse open mic is brought to you by ncis the national crop insurance services crop insurance The smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. For AgriPulse, I'm Jeff Daly.